What is up, Huda Nation? Welcome back inside the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boo Crew Media. There's a lot to talk about for this weekend and kind of heading into what is going to be the final, I guess, relaxing week of the fall before we kind of jump into uh, the NFL regular season. We're going to talk about Trevor Penning's injury, how that affects it, why uh, it's a little bit upsetting. Obviously, you know, kind of stating the obvious that it's upsetting, but there's a reason to that. Of course, we're going to talk about Abram Smith getting cut, why I don't really think it's a big surprise at all. And other tough roster decisions the Saints will have to make. That's kind of the price you pay when you have a deep roster. And I also want to top things off by talking about this first team offense, because we did have the preseason finale last this past Friday. And man, did that first team offense with Jameis Winston look sharp. So we'll talk about all that coming up right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Once again, guys, welcome inside the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Makers Mark and DraftKings Sportsbook. And speaking of DraftKings Sportsbook, with the regular season coming up, remember, if you use promo code BOOT as a new member for DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet $5 on any NFL game and you get $200 in free bets. So definitely take advantage of that opportunity. So let's jump right into things. And of course, if you guys are listening on YouTube, because we are uh, you know, live streaming this one, uh, make sure to come leave some comments, leave some questions if you want. I also put up something on Twitter, so I'll get to those questions as well. And we'll we'll kind of tackle all those subjects uh, coming up. But let's start off with the really big news here for the Saints, and that's Trevor Penning going down. At first, it was reported that he had a case of turf toe. Then it comes out after the MRI results that he had a torn ligament in his foot. He's out indefinitely. And obviously, that's not something that you want to hear, especially when it is a first-round pick like Trevor Penning. And the reality is he's been developing so well that this kind of stunts that development. So you're upset uh, in that regard. Now, there's a couple of things that kind of weigh into this, you know, uh, this injury. The first thing is everyone wants to know how it kind of happened. Some people were blaming Jawan Johnson. Some people were blaming Andrews Pete. Um, you know, some people look back and he was limping before that fiasco at the goal line. So it's possible this injury even occurred before that. And Trevor Penning is just so tough that he was able to get through the rest of that drive. Uh, nonetheless, regardless of how it happened, who's to blame, whatever. Trevor Penning was not going to be the week one starter if James Hurst was healthy. Like, I think we all were under that uh, assumption. He was developing so quickly, though, that I feel like it would be hard-pressed to say that he wouldn't start at some point this season. Like, that's how good I think Trevor Penning was getting over the last couple of weeks, right? You go into the preseason opener against the Texans, struggled against the pass rush, and uh, particularly against speed rushers. And we all said, okay, that's kind of the learning curve. Northern Iowa needs time to grow. He looked really good against the Packers, and, and that performance, I thought he kind of looked like that mauler that we saw at the collegiate level and saw at the Senior Bowl. And you say, okay, he took what he learned from that game, kind of applied to the next one, and he improved. And then he comes out in the opening drive of the preseason finale, and I thought he kind of built on that. So I think for him to go down, it is very upsetting. Like I don't want to sugarcoat how frustrating it almost is in the sense that this guy really was kind of on a fast track to eventually starting at some point this season, in my opinion. So this does stunt his growth, and it is a type of injury that he's probably not coming back this season. And if he does, the very optimistic timeline is maybe December. It's a pretty serious injury. So I think best bet is hopefully James Hurst holds down the fort, and then you go into next season with Trevor Penning ready to be your left tackle of the future. But I have no doubt in my mind, after watching the first three preseason games and seeing the development that he was on his way to starting. So that's why it does hurt. But that being said, what almost kind of complicates it right now is the fact that James Hurst, who I said, you know, is the week one starter. He's also dealing with an injury of his own. 
Uh, this is a player who missed the preseason finale and he's kind of dealing uh, with something that honestly has been very vague. Like I know that we've talked about him dealing with like a foot injury, but it's been very vague as to what he exactly suffered. Uh, the good news is though, if you listen to Dennis Allen's comments and, and, and hear what he has to say, it seems like Hurst will be ready. Like I, I'm not personally worried about whether or not Hurst will be ready for week one. He's got two weeks to be ready for that matchup. And I think he will be. And I think a lot of this also comes down to, which is kind of funny. It's the first major difference I've noticed between the head coaches. When someone would get injured in the Sean Payton regime, I feel like Sean would never give any info, right? Like very tight. Everything's close to the vest and you kind of have to play the guessing game as to, Hey, what injury did you suffer and how long are you going to be out? Whereas Dennis Allen's pretty straight up, right? Like when Michael Thomas pulls his hamstring, it's like, Hey, he tweaked his hamstring. He's, he's out right now. That's why. Whereas like the old Sean Payton regime would probably be like, Hey, we have to start guessing why Michael Thomas isn't at practice. So uh, to kind of answer that, I do think James Hurst will be ready for week one. It hasn't been definitively announced yet, but when the saints keep saying it's minor, it's minor, it's minor. And they only have two weeks left to the regular season. I do think he will be ready. However, and I'll kind of cap off this Trevor Penning segment of the podcast by finishing with this statement. The Trevor Penning injury for me solidifies one thing, and that one thing is that the Saints can no longer afford another injury on the O-line. And I say that because this is a unit last year that got decimated by injuries, right? Uh, you know, Ryan Ramchick went down. Teron Armstead went down. Eric McCoy went down week one. Andrews Pete went down with a season-ending injury. The only starter from the O-line last year that didn't get hurt was Cesar Ruiz. That, that's how depleted that unit got. And when I look at the Saints, I, I thought when you had Trevor Penning and you look at the rest of the O-line, you kind of felt like you had six starters almost because you know Trevor Penning was going to be, uh, at some point, become a starter. You take him out of the equation now and you're looking at this O-line, it's like, all right, you really can't afford another injury. And it's so tough because they're in the trenches and someone's bound to get hurt. And if they're not bound to get hurt, they're going to play through pain. You know that's going to happen because they're, they're really tough. But it really is kind of a catch-22. And, and I think for, for the Saints... It's kind of in a bind now. You're going to need guys like Landon Young to step up and and hope that if their number is called, that they can deliver. And we'll see if that's the case. But the O line, especially the the coaching, the coaching on the O line, they're going to be put to the test this season, a hundred percent, because you are entering a season with a change at left tackle, and you are hoping that these younger guys like a Ruiz can step up, and um, you know Pete can get back to hopefully a decent form. So. Uh, this O-line coaching staff is going to be put to the test throughout the regular season, and the Trevor Penning injury kind of just hammers that point across. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about, and this just actually happened this Sunday, so it's kind of fresh and we'll get into it, is Abram Smith, the rookie running back out of Baylor. He was cut. And at first I saw some people were upset. Some people didn't really, you know, they, they expected it. Uh, I don't think you should ever view it as a surprise, and this is no knock on Abram Smith, but the reality is, when the Saints signed Abram Smith as an undrafted rookie out of Baylor, and I'm someone who, I'll tell you like how I call it. When they signed him, I actually thought like, hey, this is a potential undrafted guy that makes the, the week one roster. Because I looked at Abram Smith in his final year of Baylor, and I thought that's a hard-nosed runner that I think the Saints can use in their offense. Unfortunately, that just hasn't carried over to the pros yet, and maybe it never will. We don't know. Time will kind of answer that for all of us. But so far, if I looked at the preseason, I think Tony Jones Jr. has been better than him. I think Dwayne Washington, that preseason opener, was better than him. Uh, I think Ozigbo, who's now not even on their roster, I think he actually he looked more explosive than Abram Smith. So when he does get released, I'm not really surprised by it, but I will say I don't think this is the end for Abram Smith in terms of I could see him ending up on the Saints practice squad. Like I think that's totally possible. I don't know if any NFL team really saw enough from Abram Smith 
in those three preseason games to say, yeah, I need to get him on my roster. And if it is about, hey, whose practice squad is he going to, I just think it makes a lot more sense uh, for the Saints to end up getting Abram Smith back on that practice squad. So we'll kind of see how that unfolds. But, you know, I, I think part of this, and this will kind of answer this thing, the running back room, am I in love with it? No. But I think a huge component of this running back room is the fact that we're kind of under this assumption, right, that Alvin Kamara is going to play the whole season. Like, that's the that's kind of the assumption at the moment. And if that is the case, then, uh, man, first off, Alvin Kamara looks so good in the preseason finale. He, the burst was there from the jump. But I thought Mark Ingram looked exceptional, too. And I think the Saints are kind of banking on, hopefully, those are your two guys that you just lean on the whole season. And maybe that's not the greatest thing in the world because running backs get banged up. And, and come on, every team in the league has a committee approach now. But I, I think for, for this situation, I think a lot of what the Saints are doing is predicated on the fact that Alvin Kamara's court cases keep getting pushed back. And if Alvin Kamara's court uh, case didn't get pushed back again to October 1st, I, I don't know if they're, you know, this may be, I don't want to say complacent, but feeling good about the running back room. But they do feel that way. And I, I've said it before, Alvin Kamara's next court case, the Saints are going to be in London. So Alvin Kamara cannot physically show up to that court case. What do you think is going to happen? It's probably going to get pushed back again. And these things get pushed back every two months. So that gets pushed back to, let's say, December. By the time, even if they start in December, which they'll probably push it back again, by the time they make a decision after, oh, he's going to get suspended or whatnot, that's going to be next season. Like, I, I really do feel that way. Now, to your point, though, if Alvin Kamara were to get suspended, you're looking at this running back room, and you're like, okay, how the hell are we running the football? Because you're relying on an aging Mark Ingram, an unproven Tony Jones Jr., a special teams kind of prioritized player in Dwayne Washington. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And that's why last week when Kenyon Drake got released, I was like, hey, if I'm the Saints, I'm calling Kenyon Drake and I'm just seeing, hey, what what opportunity are you looking for here? Like, are, are you the type of player that you're cool with coming on this squad and, and being RB3 and maybe splitting RB2 with Mark Ingram? Because I think Kenyon Drake would be an upgrade over Tony Jones Jr., would be an upgrade over Dwayne Washington. So that's why I mentioned it. But to kind of cap off the running back thing as a whole, I do really feel like the Saints are confident that Alvin Kamara is going to play this whole season. And honestly, when you read all the court stuff and you listen to legal experts, because I know when it's out of my depth and I have to look at other people's opinions on it, and I see when either current or former attorneys are talking about how stuff like this plays out, and they say, yeah, he's probably not getting suspended this year. I tend to believe that's the case, and I think the Saints would know and have that in, uh, indication. So uh, I do agree with you. The RB3 situation is underwhelming, but I, I would say don't panic, though, because I think Alvin Kamara will play this whole season. So we'll see what happens there. Now, Abram Smith getting cut, that's kind of the first of what's to be many roster moves to come. Remember, the Saints are at 78 players right now. they got to get that down to 53. Some of them will be put on IR, like, They'll, you know, Trevor Penning will make the main roster and then get placed on IR. Another one who could get placed on IR if he does make the main roster, and this is going to be one of those, we don't know how it's going to go, is Traquan Smith. And Traquan Smith is in a very interesting situation because he just suffered an injury on Friday night against the Chargers. It's very early, I would say, in the process of figuring out how much time he's going to miss. And for the Saints, you know that you're keeping... Three guys on your roster were a certain lock from the jump with Michael Thomas, Olave, and Jarvis Landry. And now you'd have to imagine that if they don't trade him, and 
the only reason I say that if they don't trade him is because people will have rumblings out there, but nothing's solidified yet. Assuming the Saints hold on to Deontay Hardy, and at the moment they will, he's your fourth. And you probably feel like it's a battle of Callaway as your fifth or maybe Kirk Merritt, who I'll t- discuss in just a second. And Traquan's hurt right now. And I don't at this point, I don't know if Traquan will be ready for week one. So the Saints have a very interesting decision to make. Do you cut Traquan Smith outright and hope no one signs him? Or if someone signs him, it's kind of like, all right, it is what it is. He goes elsewhere. Or do you keep him on the roster, throw him to IR with a designated to return at some point later in the year? He would have to miss the first four games. And then hope that a guy like Kirk Merritt, who maybe you cut earlier, would still be on the roster. You know, like that that's the decision the Saints will have to make. And maybe that's not even the decision they have to make. They might keep five. Thomas, Olave, Landry, Callaway, Hardy, and then throw Traquan stashed on IR as like, hey, if one of the other five gets hurt, we have Traquan as a security blanket. I don't know. Um, but I, I just I have such a hard time kind of thinking they'll outright cut him because of the injury. I think had he not gotten hurt, then we have such an interesting debate, right? Because Callaway, Traquan, and Merritt are either battling for one spot or they're battling for two how the Saints dictate how many receivers they want is going to tell the whole story. So that's why I'm kind of like, I wish I could give a full answer and tell you, man, I think the Saints are cutting Traquan Smith or no, I think they're keeping him. But I don't know how many receivers they want to keep, right? If they want to keep five and stash one, I think it makes perfect sense to kind of keep Traquan, stash him on IR, and you have another five. But if they don't, if they just want five, period, you you got to cut Traquan just outright and not keep him at all because – if he is hurt, he's not going to be ready anyway. You're wasting a roster spot. So uh, it, it is a very interesting development. And how much the times have changed, right? Because last year, Traquan's a certainty to make the roster because the wide receiver position for this team was just so depleted and just lacking talent, you know, everywhere. And now this year, it's, hey, are they cutting Traquan? Or, hey, is Callaway safe on the roster? Or Kirk Merritt looked great in the preseason finale. Where does he fit into the equation? So... The Saints have decisions to make, guys. They have decisions to make. That's going to be one of the biggest ones, what they do with Traquan Smith. And I feel like the injury almost leaves them an out. And that's why I'm kind of leaning towards I don't think they're going to cut him. I think they might keep him and throw him to IR, kind of like with Trevor Penning. But it's a, it's a very it's a great question. And I think for Traquan, a big part of him maybe staying on the roster, again, comes down to the run blocking. And I know, I know no one wants to hear that. Like, I, trust me. I feel like more more than like most, it's very easy for me to kind of have a good you know indication of how you guys feel because at the end they were all fans, right? Like that's why you guys will listen or you guys will watch the games and I'll watch the games and then I'll do something like this is because we're passionate about this team. And it is it kind of drives you up a wall, right? When you hear like, well, Trey Kwan's a really good run blocker, so you have to keep him. But like if he does make the roster, that's kind of his saving grace. Like that will always be his saving grace is that he's a willing run blocker and he's good at it. But it, it does get tiresome. It gets super tiresome. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm very interested to see what they do with Traquan Smith. I'm also interested to see what they do with Kirk Merritt, who Kirk Merritt clearly is someone that this coaching staff is fond of because I think if they weren't fond of him, they wouldn't put him at running back. They wouldn't put him at returner. Like they were putting Kirk Merritt all over the field because they want to see, hey, what can you do in different roles? Because we want to see if we can get you on this roster because you might be one of 53. And we'll find out on Tuesday if he is one of 53. I would imagine that Kirk Merritt's going to be one of the last decisions they make, and he should be. I thought he looked great in the preseason finale. I thought he looked really good on return in the in the Packers game, the second preseason game of the year. Th- there are moments where, like Kirk Merritt, I think like 
He could be your fifth guy. Um, but again, it just comes down to the depth, right? He's battling against Traquan. He's battling against Callaway. And Callaway, let's be real, Callaway probably is the best preseason wide receiver the Saints have. In the preseason, that's when he balls out. So you're, you're always going up against that as well. So for Kirk Merritt, uh, I think it's super interesting. Uh, he has made a strong case. I don't, you know, we haven't seen it in games, but I'm curious how he's looked at practice in terms of the running back position. Is that something that they think they could utilize him in? Because he seems to be what the Saints wanted Ty Montgomery to be. Because remember, the Saints got Ty Montgomery, and we talked about a few carries here and there, a couple of catches out of the backfield, can return kicks, but it really never developed, right? Ty Montgomery really never made an impact for the Saints. I, I feel like Kirk Merritt, if he does stay on the roster, could maybe, maybe kind of be that guy that they were hoping to get out of Ty Montgomery. Uh, time will tell if they keep him. I personally, in terms of story, this is a guy that you root for. I mean, this is, this is you know, grinding your way to get to a spot where you might make a 53 of a damn good roster in the Saints. Like, this is what you work for. Um, but, man, he's, he's up against it because this is a really tough wide receiver room. And I, I really do think that if you do cut Kirk Merritt, like, it's okay. Like, you, you have the depth. But just know, like, you cut Kirk Merritt, I would imagine another team will sign him because he did look that good in the, in the preseason. And he's someone who's versatile. So uh, I, I think that his chances right now, I think they're a little bit less than 50% to, to kind of answer the question because I think that the Saints know who the top four is and I think they want to keep Callaway. Like, I, I think that Callaway is the type of guy that he was quiet in training camp, but the last couple of games, more plays and, and, and more plays down the field. And I don't know how much this factors into it, but Andy Dalton's favorite target has been Callaway. Part of that's practice, right? Because he's with the second teamers and that's kind of where you get your comfortability and your familiarity with. But like, I think that matters, too, because you might be in a situation where Andy Dalton has to start a game or two, like if injuries happen, and that could play a factor. So I would go less than 50% for Kirk Merritt. I think he's probably got like a, th a third, uh, one out of three chance of making it. And part of that for me in that third is if, hey, the Saints don't want Traquan, but they want to keep six, that's part of it. And then the other part of it is the kind of, the more bold scenario, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, guys, but when I tweeted about, hey, if the Saints were fielding calls, I could see this being one of them, is if the Saints and, and Deontay Hardy can't agree on a money thing, right? Because they do have him for this season, but Deontay wants to get long-term security, and the Saints obviously got a price. Like they, they do that with every player. There's a price, don't really want to go above it, and, and that's fine. Teams do that. If Hardy were to get traded, then I feel like Kirk Merritt has to make the roster because then Kirk Merritt, is going to give you flexibility at wide receiver and kick returner. Remember, had that long return against the Packers. So that's why I say a third. But it's so tough. And Kirk Merritt, I feel for him because he's he's a no-doubt uh, week one roster guy last season for the Saints. Just not exactly the case this year. But it'll, it'll be very fascinating to see what happens with him, as well as a guy like Rashid Shahid, who I do believe will get cut. But the Saints haven't shown Rashid Shahid. And I want to I want to mind uh, remind you guys, uh, rookie season for um, Blake Gillikin. The Saints basically just, they 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 stashed him because they knew he was good. And you didn't see anything from, from Blake Gillikin. You didn't see anything from him the whole year. All you knew was that he had an injury and you knew he was going to IR and he was never going to play the rest of the season. That's all you knew. Rashid Shahid is interesting because he's made some plays in training camp. He's got the speed. He is a record-breaking collegiate kick returner. Record-breaking. And we haven't seen him in the preseason. We like we really haven't seen Rashid Shahid. It's like they're stashing him. And that makes me think the Saints are going to cut him and hope that, hey, no one's got tape on this kid. 
we're going to put him on the practice squad. And next year, if they don't agree to something long-term with Deontay, he is your kick returner for the next three years, whatever the rookie contract entails. So that is a very, uh, that is something where it's a tough decision to make because you're going to have to cut him and you're going to have to hope that no one picks him up. But I think the Saints did a really good job of hiding him right now. And, and that's the game, right? It may be, you know, it might be unfair to some of these players, but it's the name of the game. And we've seen how well it's worked out for the Saints. As you, as you guys said, God bless Blake. I mean, Blake Gillikin is one of the best punters in the league. You cannot name five punters better than Blake Gillikin. So for the Saints, if they could double down on this again and, and find their replacement for Deontay Hardy long-term and not have to break the bank and kind of find a, a, a cheaper alternative, and someone who, like I said, is a record-breaking kick returner, that's interesting. But Rashid Shahid's a name to watch because I do think they have to cut him. But we'll, we'll see. He should probably fly back onto the practice squad. And to answer your question, yes, Abram Smith was released. It came out earlier today. Aaron Wilson reported it, and Nick Underhill confirmed it. Um, so no Abram Smith on the roster. Would not be surprised he comes back to the practice squad, but we'll, we'll kind of see there. Now, I did tweet about, um, you know, if you guys have questions, send them to me. So I'll, I'll get to a pair of them here. Uh, one of them was about Dijon uh, Dixon, another receiver that he has flashed at times in the preseason. He has definitely flashed at times in training camp but I do think he'll get cut like Dijon Dixon at some point in the next 48 hours uh, will be released. And, you know, that's a player that I think probably flies back onto the practice squad. And I think that is a, a case of still unproven undrafted guy, but he, he has made progress. Like I, I think Dijon Dixon is another player that you stash on the practice squad and Hey, later in the year, people get, you know, dinged up. If he has to play, like you might feel comfortable with him. So I think Dejon Dixon will get um, will get cut, but maybe comes back to the practice squad candidate here. Now another another question about who's an offensive lineman that you think will make this team now that Penning's hurt, but you maybe didn't have on your initial fifty three. That for me has to be Lewis Kidd. Um, now I know if you guys have been listening to John Hendricks, who also uh, does great work here for Buku Media, Lewis Kidd's been like his dark horse, make the roster guy from I think like May, um, which is a great call by John. I think Lewis Kidd at this point, he's got the flexibility. Like he can play multiple positions on the O line. That I think matters. Um, you know, the fact that he did start at tackle, did start at guard for Montana State. He's looked okay in the preseason. Uh, you haven't watched him been like, oh man, he can't handle the speed of the NFL. He's been just fine. And remember, Trevor Penning, he's gonna be out for a, a good while. Like when when someone says you're out indefinitely, indefinitely is indefinitely. Like he's missing. You look at a, a, a torn ligament in the foot, he's missing at least a couple months. Um, and, you know, if he doesn't heal the right way initially, it could be the whole season, which would just be, you know, awful. But that is possible. So someone has to make the roster now that you will have that added spot because Trevor will make the initial 53 and they're going to throw him over to uh, to the injured reserve. I think Lewis Kidd will be the guy that gets in because you got your five, right? You got Hurst, you got Ruiz, you got Pete, you got uh, McCoy, and you got Ramchick. Throckmorton will make it. Landon Young will make it. Like those guys for me were were no doubters. Like I, I had no doubt in my mind that those guys um, would make the, the roster. But then they have other decisions to make, right? Like is Derek uh, Kelly, is he going to make the roster? That could be a guy that potentially makes it now um, that the Saints don't have Trevor Penning for, for the opening uh, week of the season. And then obviously a couple of weeks after at the minimum. Um, another guy is maybe Nick Martin. If they want a backup center, that is someone who I could see keeping on the roster. But I think for me, the one that kind of benefits in the sense of, of Penning going down would be Lewis Kidd. I feel like he goes from fringe roster to 
He's got to make the 53 for week one, whether it's through getting cut and being signed after Penn and goes on IR or just making it outright. Like I think to answer the question, I think he would be that guy. Question here, or not question, actually a statement. Ruiz has been good this preseason, which is very odd to say. He look, Ruiz looked sharp in the in the opener, really good against the Packers. Uh, did have a holding call um on the opening drive of the finale that wasn't great because Alvin Kamara had a really big run and negated it, but he's been much improved. And and that actually I'll kind of segue to my final thing that I want to talk about is the first team offense of the New Orleans Saints. That opening drive of the preseason finale against the Chargers. Everything you would want it to be, except for one thing, you would just love to see Michael Thomas out there, but I know he's got the hamstring injury right now, and he is he is nursing that, and there's no reason to you know throw him into a preseason game when he's not ready. That, that would just be flirting with disaster. So overall, it gave you everything and answered so many questions. And I know it's just one drive, right? You don't want to throw everything into one drive because, hey, it's one drive. But it looked crisp. The run-to-pass ratio was perfect. I thought Pete Carmichael did a really good job of, of kind of balancing out the run with the pass, and I think that is such a big thing to do because I'll say for now, and this isn't a bold statement. This is just kind of what he's great at. Jameis Winston's greatest strength is what he does off of play action. I think that's when he really carves up teams, and that's when you really get those explosive plays down the field, over the middle of the field, whatever it may be. If the Saints are going to run the football consistently with Alvin, with Mark Ingram, Jameis Winston will be able to make big plays off of play action. Like that will be a big component. And with improved receivers like Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave and hopefully Michael Thomas coming back, those guys are going to carve up defenses. And we saw it on the opening drive, a couple of hitters uh, to, to Jarvis Landry, a nice play to Chris Olave, kind of moving the chains. Jameis looked great. 4-4, looked sharp, was moving up the pocket. Um, there was one play in particular he made, and, and Dan Orlowski did a break, uh, great breakdown of it. Jameis steps up, and maybe Jameis in Tampa Bay, eyes are locked down the field, right, because he wants to chuck it down the field. Jameis in New Orleans, he's moving up the pocket, which is great to see because he feels comfortable on that knee, it seems. And he's looking for that strike at that 15-yard middle of the field area. And boy, does he make a great throw on it, and you move the change, you keep things rolling. There's growth there. Um, and I think for, for me, I love that they got him in the preseason. You kind of knock rust off of Jameis. You don't have to worry about, hey, week one, that's his first couple snaps. No, let him get some live reps. He did that. And you saw, even without Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave, immense upgrades over what they had last year. Like, they looked so much better that, you know, if Michael Thomas comes back and he's Michael Thomas, and he doesn't have to be 2019 Michael Thomas. He could just be any version of Michael Thomas that, you know, we've seen healthy. It could be rookie year, Michael Thomas. It could be second year, Michael Thomas. I don't, I don't care. Like, it just has to be a healthy version of Michael Thomas. This is a top 10 to 12 unit in the NFL. I really feel that way. And I think that people will quickly notice as the Saints play this season, if they are healthy, that Pete Carmichael is no slouch. Pete Carmichael has been around Sean Payton long enough to know what does and doesn't work in the NFL. And it doesn't matter if it's a 2012 season. It doesn't matter if it's seasons where we've seen Sean Payton kind of give up play calling for a game or two. Pete Carmichael keeps that thing moving. And I think for him, you, you the, the beauty of it is like when the Saints do make a, a coaching a change and, and, and you do lose Sean Payton, the familiarity is huge because Jameis knows how Pete Carmichael operates and vice versa. And I, I think we're seeing that. Like, I, I think that this Saints offense, they don't need to be top 10 because I think this defense is going to do its thing first team defense, albeit 
Pete Warner's got to be healthy because if not, the linebacker two spot is probably the biggest concern I have on this team. I think for the Saints that they really do have the talent to be a top 12 to 10 offense in terms of the skill players. Alvin Kamara is not going to be suspended, at least for now. The, the weapons are there. Um, and I'm not even talking about Taysom Hill being utilized, right? Like, I'm not even talking about that. I think Taysom Hill is going to be an interest, a very interesting weapon, whether it's at tight end or uh, using him as a gadget player or whatever it might be. And Troutman has improved. So the weapons are there. And if this ends up being a top 10 to 12 unit paired with a defense that is loaded in talent, this team could get to where they want to go. Like, I, I, again, week one's not even here. And I'm not slapping a Super Bowl label on the Saints. I, I, I don't. There are very few times I do it. I, I did it in 2018 because we knew that team was going to be good. And I did it in 2019 because we also knew that team was going to be good. But I hate slapping that label on them. All I'm saying is that the Saints have the, the mix of a playoff contender. And, and they have to live up to those expectations, of course. But I watched that opening drive, and I watched the way the defense has played on their opening drives of the preseason when they have the starters in. This is a, this is a damn good team in terms of roster talent. Now it's all about coaching, execution. And if you could check off those boxes, and I know it's never easy, they'll be in good shape. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, what's up, Abu Crew? How are we doing? We're doing well, man. Week one's coming up. I know in October, Pelicans fans would be excited because uh, they got a pretty loaded roster. So we'll see, man. It, it's it's going to be a fun fall. Hurst is a serviceable fringe starter for a few games, but not a 17-week season. Therefore, look for Pete at left tackle, Hurst at left guard. That way, O-line chemistry is not interrupted. Look, I, it's an interesting it's an interesting thought. Um, I, I will say this about Hurst, though. I don't disagree with you about where he ranks on terms of like fringe starter or not. But Hurst has a lot of starting experience from last year because, like I said before earlier in the podcast, everyone on the O-line got hurt last year. And Hurst basically became an honorary starter for the whole season. So um, I I don't disagree with you. Like, the Trevor Penning injury hurts, man. But, man, I think that he will – like, I'm okay with him starting. Like, I'm not – I'm really not worried. It just hurts because I think Trevor uh, Trevor Penning was developing at a super fast rate. Um, So we'll see what happens. Any upgrades regarding the tight end position? Uh, no, like not not anything that I've heard. Um, and kind of to double up on these two comments, um, I know that Mike Kosicki was kind of mentioned in rumors, but a lot of beat reporters for the Dolphins kind of kind of dismissed those. I know the initial report came out from Pro Football Focus, and the guy who reported it for Pro Football Focus does really great work. But I, I don't think they're trading Mike Kosicki right now. And I think for the Saints, if they do trade for Mike Kosicki, don't get me wrong, boy, would that be an exciting move. And that would further make this offense more dangerous. But I don't know if the Saints are going to value the tight end position this year as much as maybe years past. And part of that is, A, they feel a lot better about the room this year than they did last year. And B, if your receivers are healthy, the ball, I mean, Michael Thomas is going to be your your kind of main target, right? You know Jarvis Landry is going to get his. You know Chris Olave is going to get his. You know Alvin Kamara is going to get his. It's like, I would love to see Mike Kosicki on the Saints, but like they're not going to break the bank kind of for him. Plus the fact that you do have to pay $10.9 million for him this season, I do think that factors in. So I'm not saying Troutman's going to be this great, this great tight end. I, I will not say that. But Troutman doesn't need to be a great tight end for the Saints tight end room to kind of do their thing this year. He needs to be a serviceable tight end this year. He needs to be an average tight end. He needs to be a Saints Kobe Fleener tight end, and he'll be just fine. And I think he can do that. And I think, like, if Troutman finishes the season with, you know, 500 receiving yards, 600 receiving yards, 
and that's not a crazy high number, he did his job. Like, I, I truly feel that way because I do think Taysom Hill is going to help that tight end room because Taysom Hill is going to be a, a willing blocker. I do think that Taysom Hill is going to be able to get down the field a little bit more because of his speed. So I, I don't think this tight end room, as much as I'd love to see a star tight end on the Saints, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're looking at upgrades. Um, I, I don't think that that is that is something for me that I'm I'm prioritizing. I'm prioritizing. I don't think it's that. Um, honestly, I would prioritize getting a better running back over I would a tight end right now because I think the Saints do have enough options in the passing game to keep things rolling. Whereas running backs, if one of your two goes down, all right, now that room seems like pretty lackluster. So that's just my opinion. Um, I don't blame you for saying to call the Dolphins. I, I think it would be dumb if the Saints didn't. Just to call and say, hey, we, we're hearing about Mike Kosicki. What, what is the asking price if he's on the block? And I guarantee you teams around the league already did that. And it just comes down to price. And it comes down to do the Saints think that Mike Kosicki is the missing piece. I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. If the Saints play up to their potential, I don't know who the missing piece is. Maybe another linebacker uh, for depth purposes. But this is a really deep roster. And, and a roster that offense and defensive, the, the talent's there to make a playoff run. So um, I don't blame you. But I, I do think that Troutman will be average this year. And that's all he needs to be. Um, I don't think he'll ever live up to the maybe the expectations that some of us like myself had for him coming out of Dayton. But that's okay. Like He doesn't need to be that. He doesn't need to be a great tight end this year. Um, and honestly, there aren't many of them. Like as I as I as I, the years go on in the NFL, the number of great tight ends. I know you got your Kittles, your Kelseys, your Wallers, but they're going down. Um, but I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned this actually, and I'll kind of wrap it up on this. With roster cuts being due Tuesday, um, and we'll see how the final fifty three shapes out. And the final fifty three is never really the final fifty three. There's always a couple tweaks here and there. I am very curious to see what happens with Kenyon Drake, and I'm very curious to see how the Saints address their running back room because. They could use one more explosive option to kind of get them over the hump and kind of give them that depth that they need where if they get, you know, suffer an injury, they'll be okay. So um, I'm very, very interested to see how that unfolds. But um, overall, man, I'm, I'm really liking how this 53 shaping up. Obviously, I would have felt so much better about the Saints had they not suffered a, a devastating injury to Trevor Penning. Um, but such is the name of the game. Injuries happen. It's very unfortunate. But I feel really good about this Saints team going into week one. And of course, as week one gets closer, we'll kind of preview the matchup against the Falcons. We'll get more in depth about the final 53. Uh, but I just wanted, of course, to hop on here, talk about the preseason finale, talk about what I've seen from this first team offense, because, man, I think there's a lot to like about it. And then, of course, assess Trevor Penning's injury, what happened um, with Abram Smith and all that. But yeah, I do agree. I think the side end room is fine. It's not special. It's not good. It's fine. Um, and I think that's really all it needs to be because this receiving core, if it's healthy, you guys are going to be in for a fun season if it's healthy. Um, but we'll see what happens there. But that's going to wrap it up for this edition, guys, of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I see a comment real quick about this defensive tackle group. Do I love it? Maybe not. Um, but I think it's better than I thought because I think Malcolm Roach has improved tremendously. And I think that we've seen, um, obviously, flashes of Anyamata maybe going back to a form that we've liked from him. So, I don't love the defensive tackle room, but I like it better than I did beforehand um, because I do think that Malcolm Roach has been one of the stars of the preseason, and he might battle Shai Tuttle for a starting spot. And if that is the case, the Saints might feel like they have three capable starters, which is one more than they had going into training camp and going into the preseason. So I feel better about the defensive tackle group today than I did if you asked me, um, you know, back in, uh, in June, I would say. 
Um, and, and I'll just cap it off before I sign off. Favorite preseason moment for me? Ooh, good question. Good question. I'll, I'll go favorite preseason moment for me. I'll actually just take it back to the opening drive of uh, the, the first drive for the first team offense against the Chargers because I think that in that moment, we realized how nice it is to have NFL caliber receivers again. And I'm not knocking last year's receiving corpse. It is what it is. Like it had the season happened. But when I see a reception of Jarvis Landry, a reception of Chris Olave, and you're moving down the field with ease, it's a, it's a, it's a sigh of relief. It's a breath of fresh air. Um, so that, that, that's what I'd say. Just seeing that offense, but man, um, week one is approaching fast for two weeks, literally from today. I cannot wait to talk about it with you guys and kind of get into that Falcons game and just be in mid season four. I'm like, uh, it, it's going to be a fun year if the Saints team hits its potential, but we'll see what happens there. But that's going to do it for this edition of Straight Up Saints podcast. As always, guys, thank you so much for leaving comments and kind of uh, being able to make this a smooth transition and kind of talk and chat with you guys about the Saints. We'll have so much more uh, here at Booker Media as week one gets closer. And obviously, when week one does come around, we'll have recaps of that game and, and, and previewing the next and, and so on and so forth. But enjoy the rest of your Sunday, guys. Get ready for what is going to be a hectic 48 hours with a bunch of roster cuts. And when those do happen, make sure to stay tuned to the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.